live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. The Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. The Vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because we had stuff to talk about and we wanted a captive audience. And since kidnapping is currently illegal, we just figured we'd throw it out there for free. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. You can pretty well find me everywhere under that name, S-H-U-J-I-N. And for those of you that are wondering, where is my blue hat? Well, I have a tradition. As soon as Black Friday has hit here in the United States, as soon as December has started, I have a different hat that I use. I get a lot of compliments for this hat, by the way, especially for the old ladies. They love this hat. Thank you. We have a short version for everybody, so let me go ahead and give you a real quick update for everybody. Midwest of the U.S., Bridget, good evening. Good evening. And just a little bit off to the right, Joey, good evening. Slightly medicated, but here. That's all right. As far as to uh, drink for tonight, I've just got orange juice. It's it's in a steel tumbler to keep it cold. That's all. I just anyway. Double fisting it this evening. I've got a cup uh, a cup of Lady Grey in one hand, and then I've got some kind of Powerade juice thing in the other. I just have a shitload of Nyquil. Mm, taste. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Because I know I you're no fun. No, he knows, he knows, and he knows that I know, and I know that he knows that I know. So. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, uh, I busted a tooth the other day, and uh, the pain is... Significant? More, more than I've had to deal with in a while, and unfortunately, until I can get an appointment set up with a clinic down in Cincinnati... I've got no, there's no local availability. Fair enough. So, as always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. As this is a Power of Ten episode, it is marked not safe for work. If you should not be listening to us for whatever reason, please, now is your opportunity to go ahead and wait until later, skip to a future episode, listen to somebody else's show, put on some Dean Martin, I don't know, I don't know, whatever. Um, this is not going to be a fun show for a number of reasons. I'll leave it at that for right now. Over in the live chat, though, it's good to be back with you. Stephanie, Felis, hi, guys. And, uh, yeah, as far as, his, as far as his hat is concerned, you know, this is, this is, this is my traditional, I, I found this hat at a, a, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember which store it was, a party supply shop. And it's a cheap ass piece. But you know what? Like I said, I wear this every December. And when I'm out shopping and I'm wearing it, I will typically get a whole bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of smiles, some nods, some uh, appreciative, usually, like I said, from the older ladies, which I got no problem with. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one thing to wear. All right, for for those that are listening after the fact, yes, traditionally, you know, for the run up to Christmas and such, people wear the 
red and white floppy night hat. I don't even know what the hell you really call it, a nightcap. <laughs> and, you know, the folks will be wearing that. Okay, fine. Me, I've got this red and white pimp fedora. This is this is my, my Santa pimp hat. And like I said, I get a lot of compliments because ain't nobody wearing one of these. Sorry. It was it's very pimping. It was always pr- somewhat partial to Ushanka myself. Pardon? Ushanka. Pardon? Look it up. No, because <laughs> I have things to do. <laughs> you talking about the, the, the big puffy Russian yeah. pat? Okay. The one that almost looks like Elmer Flood. Elmer Kinda. Flood. It's going to be one of those nights. Okay, I got you. Well, not to get too personal, but has anybody tried to kiss you under that mistletoe out in public and solicited? As a matter of fact, no. Um, considering that it's, you know, it's, it's fake. On the side. Yeah, it's well. Still, yeah. But it's still mistletoe. It still counts. Yeah, I suppose. I have a think about that. You know, offering to kiss somebody unsolicited is creepy, but is it, it still is. creepy to um, ask for a kiss because of the mistletoe? Is that still creepy? I would say, well, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. I mean, it's tradition to kiss people under the mistletoe and to ask for a kiss under the mistletoe, so I don't know. I have to think about that. I mean, we could get into the subject of what's tradition and whatnot, but then again, I'm not sure that's the rabbit hole we want to go down tonight. <laughs> I guess it depends on the venue. I don't know. Probably not. Hmm. Uh, I'm probably going to be uh, screwing up a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of different pieces uh, tonight. So let me just get the uh, let me get the easy one out of the way because I've got a prepared statement that I'm going to be reading uh, from in a couple of moments. Uh, I did look up information on Ray Fadawi. We have no new information on him. As of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been eight years, five months, 20 days since he was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes or thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting. And due to reasons, I have not written up a new horrible scope for this week, so we will not have that. Sorry. Trust me, when I say that I haven't done something because of reasons, Joey can easily attest that, um, yeah, when I say that there's reasons, yeah, there's there's probably good goddamn reason. So, let me go ahead and get things rolling over here. So, with five minutes on the clock, your five-minute freestyle starts right now, and I, I labeled this one alone. There is a, uh, there is a, picture that's going around on social media right now and it caught me over on Facebook and it was a picture of a whole bunch of iPods on stands to hold them up in a room and the text that went along with it said that it was uh, supposed to have been for doctors and nurses to allow people to have FaceTime with their family while they're in the hospital if it's coming down to the last. I 
looked at it all, and it didn't exactly look like it was inside of a uh, a hospital storage room. It much more looked like it was probably a bunch of musicians' stands instead. Which, by the way, having iPods for your music holder now that that something about that just seems wrong to me. But I'm an old ink and paper kind of guy. But I saw that, and I recognized, if not the possibility of it, the plausibility of it. And I wrote this. I had to write it several times, because... I wrote this to go along with it. We need to have a short talk about this image. One of mankind's greatest achievements is having the ability to access the accumulated, aggregated knowledge of all those who have come before us at speeds undreamt of. Visit the great libraries of Alexandria in Egypt or Constantinople or Nalanda in the Indian subcontinent. Be taught at the Academy of Gandishpur of Iran to study and learn all that was knowable at the time. Visit Napur Temple library in Iraq and read the earliest renditions of the story of the Great Flood. They could never have imagined what we'd be able to do today from home while walking outside. And now, our greatest achievements and shared knowledge has allowed us the greatest personal communications. Being able to say goodbye to our most at-risk of people from afar. Because there are people who, even with the immense collected knowledge translated in real time to them, refuse to take even one moment to consider the ramifications of discounting this information. Thousands upon thousands of people are dead and dying in some of the worst ways imaginable. Alone. Because people have refused to avail themselves of what is available with little more effort than to simply ask. And because of that, people who have expertise in the fields of healthcare have to watch over thousands of needless deaths. Senseless deaths, uncomforted deaths, lonely deaths because willful ignorance, mocking of those who have learned on a topic for a significant part of their lives, is considered... Correct. These nurses and doctors who physically survive this moment will forever be traumatized, haunted by the memory of the last gasping breaths of these people in their charge by families who actively disbelieved what professionals told them and what their own eyes witnessed. This is what our technical technological advancement has brought us to, shining an ever broader spotlight on those who have chosen depraved ignorance over enlightened education. I would otherwise say, for shame on you who have done this. But those words would hold no sway for whom it is intended for. I have 30 seconds left. And you know what? I don't think there's anything worth adding to that.
This is episode 340 on the docket, Your Honor. Gathering leaders are murderers. I was originally intending this to be, well, specifically based for the religious leaders, the cult leaders, those who are the head of some organization who say, come on down and COVID, I, I cast thee out to the lake of fire because because incantations are a thing that work. Please accept the sarcastic note there, I sincerely hope. But it's not just that. I want to... I want to start off with something that um, will probably make some people better understand. I know someone. I know someone nominally lives in the New York City area. Not very far away from where I grew up, as a matter of fact. They opted during this pandemic to go down to Georgia for a wedding. I can understand the want, but doing it just... So they went to a, uh, they went to a, uh, they went to a, they went to a wedding, flew back to New York, Long Island. They stayed there, you know, isolated because that's, that's what you're supposed to do. And then I found out they visited family in the greater New York area, greater New York State, central New York, basically. They have subsequently tested positive for COVID. Both the father and the mother there have tested positive. Their two children have not yet. The father works in law enforcement, comes in contact with the public. The other is nurse, sometimes works ambulance, also comes in contact with the public. Either one of them could potentially have been a vector because. I don't think that that's the case. I think it is entirely possible that the one person from Long Island may have infected them. I don't know if they did. I I sincerely hope not. But the possibility is all too real right now. The father out there, last I heard, is in hospital. Pneumonia and complications. I have no idea what's happening with his wife currently. And I can only hope the best for the kids because they're, they're still kids, you know, junior high, high school, early, 
if that. So if anybody has been wondering what's been going on for me, this, this was part of the information that I found out Thursday, just before I started a DJ set. Obviously the names and locations have been adjusted slightly for anonymity, but the fact that it's happening is not a unique problem. It's not just those people who are the head of organizations who are telling people, come on down. It's the traditions that we've had for so many, so many years. We're supposed to get together four times like weddings, birthdays, special life events, holidays. And that only makes all this the harder because nobody wants to be the one out because, oh, it'll be fine. You know, you just, everybody will stay apart from each other. Everybody will wear a mask. It'll be fine. What do you got to worry about? It's not a big deal. I have no idea how many people at the, at the wedding might've been infected. I have no idea how many people might have been infected back on Long Island from them. Or from the family. How many people they may have gotten in touch with. Or possibly spread to. I don't know what's happening with their kids. So, for those of you that don't think about these things in mathematical terms. You're simply fucking murderers. You just don't know it yet. You're just as much a murderer as whoever the hell it was that tainted those Tylenol pills. Capsules, pardon me, back in the 80s. Remember about those? Chicago, seven people died. Tainted Tylenol capsules. We don't have those anymore. That product line was discontinued, and tamper-resistant everything is on everything ever since. Seven people. We have another 9-11 every day in dead people. We have another Pearl Harbor every day of dead people. If we had this happening from any other situation, this would have been dealt with. And all we have to do is look at it and go, whose fault is this? There's plenty enough blame to go around. But some people just don't recognize what they're doing. And to all of you, all of you who just pass it off as, who cares, it's not that big a deal, from the bottom of my heart, fuck you. Fuck you through from your ass to your uvula. 
And I think that's about all I need to uh, mention about this at this moment. I know it's only the three of us tonight, so I guess we'll uh, we'll figure it from there. So yeah, there's um, like I said, there's more than enough uh, guilt and blame to go around in there. How many uh, how many big time uh, evangelicals on uh, on TV and radio and and video streaming and these big places have gone ahead and said, yeah, everything's going to be fine. Come on down. That have going to drop dead from this disease so far. Pretty sure I've, I can recognize about five of them so far. And that doesn't even take into account the, uh, uh, the Orthodox, uh, Orthodox Catholic priest, uh, out wherever the hell he is, uh, who was saying that it was, uh, it was, it was judgment from God for all the homosexuals. And oh, look at that. He dropped dead from it because obviously God thought he was a homosexual. So <laughs> whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You want you want to take dick? That's fine. You take dick. I don't care. Anyway. So yeah, um, I've had that hanging over my head for the last two days, and um, yeah. There's a handful of people who know what the uh, uh, the full story is with all that, and they've uh, they've agreed to keep the secrecy on the reality of the whole damn thing. And um, Stephanie had said, "What breaks my heart is the people dying of COVID who still deny that is what is wrong with them." It must be traumatic for the medics. The piece that I read was something that I had posted on uh, on Facebook, and one of the people that commented on it is a nurse, and apparently, I hit the nail on the head, and she was very moved, and um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm not even sure where to jump in on that one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I've seen the same stories that, that you have as far as people being in denial, even as they're, you know, put on ventilators or dying and, you know, saying this is, you know, not COVID, this is something else. And, you know, I've got cancer or whatever. And it's gotten so bad in some places, some, you know, smaller states with smaller populations that some of the nurses are quitting now because they just can't anymore. And that's only going to lead to more deaths because, you know, what if a hospital has beds available, but they don't have staffing? When you burn out, your medical personnel over the course of an entire year bullshit. And it takes how many years to uh, 
replace those medical personnel when it comes to school training, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, another issue that this is causing is a lot of the medical people are coming down with PTSD from having to see so much death. And, you know, they made it through the quote unquote first wave. And then they made it through, you know, the, the second spike that we had in the summer. But they're not prepared to do this again. And from all indications, this is going to be even worse than what New York went through, you know, the first time. And they're tired and they just can't. And then a lot of the doctors are even struggling with, you know, trauma and, and depression and things like that. And they're reluctant to even go get treatment because that could bite them in the ass later. If they have to um, you know, go to another state or they have to renew their license or anything like that, if there's any kind of um, psychological issues that's in their medical record or easing antidepressants or anything like that, that can cause them to lose their license, even if it's legal. Let me back that up a second. I remember hearing the stories that if you're in the military and you go to see an actual therapist that can end up in your record and probably would be yeah. versus if you went to go see a chaplain for yep. yep whatever and that doesn't end up in your in your records and yet a chaplain can still deem somebody unfit for service based on uh, a Psychological evaluation. So you mean to tell me that you're going to deem me unfit for service when you're the one that believes in... Yeah, okay. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. That's as deep as I get into that one, and that boggles my mind. I'd say it hurts my head, but right now... uh, Yeah. They, you've got other. I am comfortably numb. But yeah, that is the thing in the military, and they call it the mental hygiene clinic, or at least they did in the Air Force. But yeah, if you were referred there for something that stayed in your record, and when it came time to reenlist or whatever, yeah, that came out, and it was held against you. So that's a thing. You know. One would think, one would think, somebody who has dealt with maybe their comrades dying next to them, being turned into paste next to them, no, there's there's no reason to go talk to uh, somebody who's actually trained in the mental health field. I mean, why, why would anybody want to go ahead and do that? It's just shell shock. Just shake it off, man. What's wrong with you? Oh, I'm sorry. We're not talking about World War II anymore, are we? That's what it was called back then. Mm-hmm. Shell shock. You just you just yeah. dealt with it because that's that's what you did. Battle fatigue. Mm-hmm. Give give him a weekend pass, and he'll be right as rain. That way. And yeah, I, I personally think that not 
oh, well, not allow because that's not the right word. I mean, people are allowed to go see therapists if they have the money and the means to connect with one. But as far as using that against someone, especially during a pandemic, when some of them have worked 200 days plus without a single day off and worried about bringing it home to their kids and seeing all these people die. I mean, to me, that's, that's just unconscionable that that would even be a thing, but it's a thing. Immense amounts of stress. Immense amount of concentration. Who only knows how many hours at a clip? And just think what this is, you know, assuming that these people even make it through. I mean, can you imagine what kind of shape they're in? No. And so, yeah, some are retiring or walking away. And that's... That's not helpful to anyone. It's not helpful to them. It's not helpful to patients that there's going to be fewer healthcare providers to take care of them. And, you know, we're starting to see triage conditions in some places because there's just not enough staff to go around. I mean, forget equipment. We've got all the ventilators we need. We got a shit ton of ventilators. But there are beds that are closed because there's no staff and any of the staff that's been transported, you know, borrowed from traveling nurses or whatever sources that they go through. Those are exhausted at this point. Even the Mayo Clinic is having issues with staffing. And then there's the guilt. What happens when somebody finds out that they they work in a cancer hospital and they were infected and they didn't know and they worked. Some people don't understand what it is that that um, chemotherapy does to the body. Chemotherapy is designed to kill cells, period. Yes, a lot of times it's targeted for lesions in particular, but it is designed to kill cells in the hope that your body will be strong enough to hold up on its own while it kills the cancer cells. It's a measured hope that you are strong enough to survive that. And there are times where it breaks down the natural immune system. You have one nurse, one delivery person coming in, one doctor, one intern. One phlebotomist, one radiotech, one office worker, one record keeper. The rest of the medical staff might not catch it because they are otherwise 
for the most part, healthy. But then there's going to be that one that one person up on the fourth floor. No hair, no eyebrows, no eyelids, sorry, eyelashes. And suddenly they've come down. And whoever it is that they share their room with. And the nurse that was helping them. And the nurse's station. And the rest of the ward. And whoever else they've come into contact with. People don't understand. In a situation like this, it is entirely plausible that you could destroy virtually every patient in a situation like that. Is it likely? No. Fortunately not. But is it plausible? Bridget, you tell me. Yeah. An entire hospital of immunocompromised people who are battling the best that they can against radioactive chemicals in their bodies. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely plausible. I mean, you're more susceptible to all kinds of infections. And not only cancer patients, but, you know, anybody that's on in immunosuppressants for, you know, organ transplants. You've got those people, too. And especially if you have somebody that just had a bone marrow transplant. I mean, that would be like the worst case scenario right there. Yeah. And then you have these places now, too, that are so short staff that they're having to have their medical people work even if they have COVID as long as they're you know, well enough to function or at least half-ass function I mean that's where we're at yeah just but what, and if I I just, I just know personally if I knew that I had COVID and I had to go in and work with patients anyway I couldn't do it I could not force myself to do that. I would walk away. I just, I guess I'm mentally weak or something, according to some people, but I just could not do it. And I would feel torn because you have an obligation to help people. But on the other hand, you don't want to harm people either. Yeah, Stephanie put over here in the UK, the government put up temporary hospitals, but no, but they've got no staff for them. Uh, look up Nightingale Hospitals. Yeah, that that's... They did something similar in New York City at the Jacob Javits Convention Center. They basically turned it into a giant makeshift triage hospital. Fortunately, from what I remember, they didn't really need to use it. Maybe just a, just a little, if even that. But... You know, there are other places yeah. that are preparing to do that now, um, especially where they you know, don't have a lot of hospitals and their beds are full. And Sorry. yeah, another thing that they're doing here, too, and this is, you know, in response to Stephanie's comment, is there are some states here, and it does depend on the state, that if you happen to be in nursing school or medical school and you haven't completed it yet, they are 
you know, still pulling you in early to help, you know, offer coverage. Fast tracking. Yeah, fast tracking. And, uh, I mean, they've got to. They've got to. We no, we no longer have, quote-unquote, hotspots around this country now. The whole country is on fucking fire. And I know that where I live, our hospitals are now on diversion. Sorry. You have a quizzical look on where, um, you know, unless you're desperately ill and about to die, um, they're being told, do not come to the hospital because we're full. Mm -hmm. And they're taking some people and transferring them out of state to other hospitals because there's just no room if something happens and they have a heart attack or something and need to go to the hospital. You know, they've got to find somewhere else to put them. For the same reason that uh, I'm currently having one hell of a time trying to find a dentist. Uh, right now, any dentist that doesn't have to be open isn't. Yeah. Those, that are, those that are open are a hell of a drive for me. And they, uh, I mean, there's a waiting list just to get on the waiting list. No, I hear you. And curiously enough, one of the uh, one of the YouTube gamer guys that uh, a lot of folks have heard of him goes by the name Markiplier. Yeah, uh, Mark Fishback. Um, by the way, Joe, I don't know that you knew his his brother had actually come out to uh, Anthrocon a couple of years because he's a he's a he's a writer and a cartoonist. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I- I have seen his recent videos, so I know I know his situation. Yeah, Mark had um, Mark had run into a a little bit of a problem. Some would say that this is a recurring problem for him because uh, he he went through this four or five years ago. Before he had uh, he had an intestinal blockage, and he went to the hospital for it, which apparently, from what the folks told him, was a good thing because. People that feel this will typically just pass it off and not come in. But since he came in quickly, you know, it was easy enough to deal with without, you know, surgifying him and and slice and dice. But the thing that was really weird and curious and after the fact kind of makes sense is how the medical staff were telling him that what they were dealing with with him was I don't know that the word that he used was refreshing, but it was it was not what they were dealing with so much now with especially with COVID. So for them to deal with something that was relatively benign and relatively normal you consider, you know, relatively normal. Somebody putting a tube down your nose in order to get to your stomach. You know, it was kind of refreshing to not have to deal with anything that was quite so stressful. And good Lord, what is, what is, what does that say about everything that, you know, sticking a tube down somebody's nose in in order to deal with a problem they got in their stomach and beyond it. And I want to, 
put this out there before anybody even attempts to go there. I think I know where you're going, please. Anybody that's going to give him shit for going to the hospital because of this? Wanting to say that, oh, GI issues, those aren't life-threatening. As somebody who has had to deal with a number of GI issues in my time, considering about 50% of my GI tract has been removed, And considering I have seen what happens when somebody has a similar GI issue, namely, I know someone whose intestine quite literally started bundling up on itself and twisting into knots, effectively. Yeah, that's 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 not a that's not a good. And that that was left untreated. Yeah, in succession. Yeah, and that can Um, be very deadly. Well, it was, yes. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Beth, hi, hon. Yeah, I did know about that particular uh, news story, which is... um, What I don't understand are these people that, you know, we have have these deaths occurring in hospital, in hospice, all these other things, and they're saying, oh, it wasn't COVID, it was was cancer, you know, it's... Yeah, well, you know what? I'm pretty sure the whole COVID thing certainly didn't help. What's the first thing that they told us back in March when the whole... Granted, this was going on well before March. We're aware of this now. Oh, yeah. That's something else I want to hit in a couple of moments, too. But what was the first thing they told us? The most susceptible will be those with prior existing conditions, those who already have compromised immune, uh, immune systems, those who are already trying to cope and are struggling with already life-threatening situations. This is, this is exactly what was pointed out. Oh, it wasn't the COVID that killed him. It was the cancer. Well, guess fucking what? The fucking COVID sure as fuck didn't help. Yeah. If I've got got high blood pressure, leukemia, and a brain aneurysm waiting to have happen, but I get hit in the back of the head with a, a 50 cal from, you know, 40 yards, I'm pretty sure most people aren't going to be telling me that it's the aneurysm that killed me. Mm. Just saying. Well, a- another part of this too that's you know complicating things is you know hospital administrators trying to figure out their staffing needs and things like that. There's something that you know insurance companies use and medical personnel use called the you know Milliman guidelines that yeah, there is a set guideline for how long they expect you to be in the hospital for whatever illness or procedure. And, you know, so if you're coming in for surgery or, you know, the flu or something like that. Birth. Yeah. Birth. Well, I mean, childbirth. I mean, they know pretty much how long you're going to be in there. And that's, you know, part of what they use when they're scheduling surgeries and things like that is they know you're probably going to tie up a bed for two or three days or, you know, whatever, but they have some idea of how long you're going to be there. And with COVID, there's no fucking telling how long you're going to be there because it just depends. And so they can't plan accordingly. 
Yeah, you, know, you might have somebody that's impatient for a week. You might have somebody that's been impatient for, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to throw out a hypothetical. Well, actually, it's not a hypothetical. Um, you know, somebody's been in there for nine months. Yeah. Because of COVID. You just don't know. And yeah, people with, you know, comorbidities are going to be more susceptible to it, but you still can't do any kind of planning because you just don't know. And at this point, they're having to, uh, I hate to use the word triage. They're calling it by some other euphemism now. Doesn't matter. It's and, still the same thing. Yeah, still the same thing to where they're only admitting the sickest of the sickest patients now and sending people who might have been hospitalized back in September because their oxygen levels are too low. They're sending them home with oxygen when two months ago they would have admitted them because they were sick enough to need it. And now they can't, you know, it was unthinkable to send somebody home, you know, with a 90% saturation rate, you know, normal, you know, just to throw out what normal should be is on air, you know, 99%, 98%, anything below 93, you're in trouble and you need to get medical help for it. And they're sending people home now that are like in their upper 80s percent with oxygen and saying, good luck. We hope you don't die at home, but that's all we can do. And, the and so there's of- a lot more that are going to die at home that could have been saved if they had gotten COVID two months ago when there was still room. And it's only going to get worse. And, and so now there are some places that are having to look at patients and go, okay, we've got five patients that need care. We've got room for two. So which three are we going to send home and let die? And the other thing they're having to balance, too, is looking at these patients and say, if we do treat them, who's more likely to survive and who's not? And the ones that are not likely to make it, well, you got to let them go. We don't have the resources. And, you know, it's not all hospitals having to do this, but in a lot of the rural states, that's exactly what they're having to do because that's all they can do. And that's the biggest problem. Having to make that decision. How do you, how do you live with that? I mean, you know that you have to, some states have guidelines now that are like, if you don't meet these criteria, then you don't treat these people. And that's the problem right there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And it's going to, it's only going to get worse. Between like now and February, assuming we get a vaccine, you know, which I think they're supposed to start rolling it out at the end of December, but there's only so many people that can get vaccinated. And once you start the series, you're looking at a month before you'll even have any antibodies from it because you have to get the two shots. They have to be spaced out. And so the trick is going to be getting people to survive long enough to even have access to that series of vaccines. And just because the vaccine comes out does not mean that suddenly, like, the situation is a-okay and everything can go back to normal. No. (laughs) Even if we had it today, it's going to, even if we had the vaccine in hand today and people started getting vaccines, you know, that are frontline workers or whatever, there's only so much they have. And so we're looking at probably April at the earliest before people can get vaccines. And then it takes about another month before you get immunity. And in the meantime, 
even if you catch it, they're still not sure if you can spread it to other people or not. So uh-huh. you would still need to be wearing masks. And and then the question of how long is it effective for? Well, I mean, that too, they, they don't know. Um, right now, if they give you the monoclonal antibodies to get past it, it just depends on the person. I mean, it might cover you for two weeks to four weeks, but it does wane. And it also prevents you from gaining immunity on your own because that's just the way that it works. And so if you're treated with these things, you have no immunity whatsoever. And then you can go out and catch it again. And the thing that people need to do is still be prepared to wear masks, at least until April or May, and just get over it. Fucking wear a mask. Everybody. There's another piece that uh, somebody had suggested. What if folks only get the first injection and not the second one? Or does this potentially end up with another mutated strain that could be negative? That's not how vaccination works. Are they okay? Sorry. The question on the docket is whether or not the an incomplete vaccination can result in a mutation based on the vaccination itself. I don't think it would. I mean, I think it will just you know prevent you from gaining enough immunity to it or. Uh, mounting enough of a response and I say that only because there are people who tested positive back in March or April that have recovered and had no detectable loads left and they've wound up with it again okay something I want to clarify sorry go ahead go ahead no you go ahead (laughs) well I just wanted to say for those of you who don't understand how a virus vaccination works they're not injecting you with the virus. That's not how that's not how this is done. They are giving you snippets of the proteins that that virus uses to do what it does. They are not giving you any genetic material from the virus. They're giving you proteins because the proteins are what your immune system is going to react to. It's what's going to, it's what the immune system recognizes and targets. So no, getting a vaccination, uh, even an incomplete vaccination is not going to give you COVID. There's no possible way. No, that's, that's not the one I was looking for. Okay. So what I'm, what I'm wondering, or what was posted, postulated was mm-hmm. would an incomplete series How can I, uh, how do I, um, would we end up with a new mutation because of an incomplete vaccination series that would be immune to itself, that would be not susceptible, that might get around? I see where you're going with this. Like if you start taking antibiotics and you don't take enough for a full course, I know what you're like a super infection, what you're talking about. Yeah. We've, we've, uh, for anybody that's wondering about this, um, in 
past episodes, we have talked about the one where they took a very large piece of agar, a, a, a big rectangular piece that was like a, a couple of meters across, and they put E. coli, I think is what it was, on on. I, I, I yeah, I know what you're talking about. And uh, they I measured thought- out how long it took it to get through the agar from one time the amount of antibiotic, 10 times the amount of antibiotic, and 100 times the antibiotic. I don't remember if they did a 1,000 at that point, but it was 14 days that it mutated enough to overcome. Like, Yeah, I see what you're talking about, viral resistance. Yeah, thank um, you. That's the word I was looking for. By the way, yeah. uh, Tech, if if you want in, let me know so that I can you know, do the do the stuff that I need to do. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did want to point out, which, you know, I'm, I, I hate fighting on Facebook. It's usually pointless, but sometimes people just piss me off and, you know, um, is that all these people that are saying, well, you know, you don't look at all the, you know, people who die daily from cancer and heart attack and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, to say that this is not deadly. If you go look at the most recent, information from you know who and cdc and all that other stuff as far as their weekly mortality morbidity statistics go right now COVID is the number one cause of death in this country if you look at it in the aggregate for the past year it comes in number two behind um you know ischemic heart disease and things like that but right now it is the number one cause of death in this country joy um Folks watching right now, please forgive me. I'm going to uh, turn off the video feed for a couple of seconds so that I can uh, bring tech in. Audio is still going to keep going because, I mean, that's just the way that it works. Yeah. And as far as the mutation while you're doing the audio thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna say that right now that is a possibility. Um, we're still learning more about what this virus does and all that, but you've always got the chance of you know causing mutations and viruses to um you know try to avoid you know, you know they do what they do to try to stay alive the long and short of it and you do have cases of viral resistance from people being overtreated with antivirals and so that is a possibility i don't know that the vaccine itself would cause that but that is a concern that at some point, you know, this is going to become resistant to anything we throw at it. And that is just what viruses do. They mutate. And that's one of the reasons why we still haven't found a cure for you know, HIV. You can give medications to prolong people's life, but you can't cure it. And this thing's never going to be, quote unquote, cured. Um, we may have to end up l- learning to live with it. It may become less virulent words virulent as time goes on that way it can still spread because you know if it kills host too quickly then you know it's not it doesn't work to its advantage mm-hmm. yep. and that's all it is is a bunch of rna that's wanting to replicate and you know, that's that does what it does yep. and they're probably going to be a situation like the flu is now to where it will have some shift over time and you know, it, and we're going to have to probably maintain vaccination 
and, and treat it like we do the flu. It's I'm already no, endemic. We know that. I'm no expert when it comes to the science of various vectors for disease and whatnot. So, Bridget, if if I'm wrong, if I'm making assumptions and talking out of my ass, please feel free to stop me. Okay. Something that I have noticed, uh, based on what I have read, the research that I have done, which is just reading, I can't experiment because clearly I don't have that kind of laboratory. I have a laboratory that is basically Home Depot, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some amazing things you can do there, but anyway. The uh, the biggest difference that has been described to me between viruses and bacteria, such as E. coli and whatnot, bacteria, because they have the various ongoing life processes that we attribute to single-cell organisms, their ability to adapt to their environment is much greater than that of viruses because they can change they can alter very quickly in a relatively small number of generations yep viruses have a much harder time adapting to environmental changes more their their mutations are more often than not the result of basically copy errors over time rather than as a reaction to environmental stimuli. Mm-hmm. So while anti- antibiotic-resistant bacteria is a thing that we know is a problem, this thing becoming somehow resistant to the immunization in the pro- due to the process of the immunizations taking place, I don't think is as big a concern based on my understanding of it thus far. But again, I am a layman. I'm only speaking on what I've read and what I've been uh, ex- had explained to me. Yeah, I mean, they're not alive. And most of the mutations that we're seeing now are, you know, uh, from missense errors. And that's, you know, because it'll swap out, you know, a, you know, a base pair in a protein while it's replicating. But then again, you've got this selective pressure from it as well. And so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But they do know that most of the mutations that are seen now are missense errors. As an aside, finally being able to join us over from uh, the right coast on Renault Tech. Good to see you. Good morning. Hi, guys. And ladies, good morning, all. Yeah. And uh, before anybody decides that they're going to be like nitpicky about the whole thing, talking about antibacterials while we're talking about viral stuff, yeah, don't you, you just let it go. You, you know what we mean this time out. Don't let don't get go. uber pedantic let this time. Go. Well, we're making that we're making that differentiate differentiation for a reason. Absolutely. By the way. There is um, 60 Minutes did a video on the evolution of bacteria and how quickly it responds 
in so few generations to antibiotic and creates antibiotic resistance. So what you guys were talking before, I put the link to the video in the show notes because believe it or not, that is actually something that I had bookmarked a long time ago because I found the video interesting. I still watch it from time to time to remind me that the world around me is actively trying to kill me. Regardless of what I'm doing to myself in terms of diet and things like that, the world itself doesn't care about me. A tree could land on me. I could get struck by lightning. My neighbor could hit me with her car. Um, a stray bullet out of nowhere, you know? And there are people who are like on a perfectly calm lake, on a clear blue sky day, enjoying the breeze and the wind, and they get struck by lightning because next county over, there's a huge, terrible lightning storm, and they never see it coming. Um, viruses, bacteria, parasites, you name it. The world is a scary place. Locks on our front door, they give us a sense of security. Um, everything is designed to give some sense of security and help alleviate some of the potential threat in some way, shape, or form. Which is why I get really pissed off when somebody like one of my coworkers who tells me that I should basically kill my, my family members. I have three family members who have compromised immune systems. And if we were to do the things that this person had said, we would right now cease wearing masks. We would right now cease social distancing. In fact, everybody should get together as often as possible. And we should let herd immunity do its job and it'll sort out whatever it has to sort out. And those who remain will be immune and we won't have to worry about it. And we can go forward with our lives. Pox. Um, if I hadn't been on the clock, I probably would have punched the guy. What I do know is I will never, ever shake his hand ever again because I can't trust him to wash his hands. Now you're talking about a pox party, but on a global scale. For anybody that doesn't know what to, what I'm referring to, there are You're a not number. <laughs> there are a number of anti-vax parents who have thought that the best way of getting kids to become immunized, if you will, against chickenpox in particular, is just to get all the kids together at a pox party so everybody can infect everybody else. Get it over with and, you know, share lollipops in order to help that along and that kind of thing. And Now, here's the thing. That mentality actually derived from incorrect information that we thought was correct at the time we were thinking of it. It's a case of science, technology, and medicine correcting itself using the scientific method over time. And... At the time of pox parties, the original versions, back when you wanted to get chicken pox when you were young, because if you got it when you were older, it could kill you. But if you got it as a child, you lived through some itching and you were good to go. We didn't realize that it could develop into, um, what's that thing? It begins with the letter S. Oh, Bridget, help me here. It's uh, shingles. Uh, shingles. We didn't realize that if you got the chicken pox virus, as an adult, you had a very high risk of getting shingles. Now, I had chicken pox as a kid. Ditto. And Twice. I re- I re- <laughs> oh, wow. You were one of the lucky ones. Yeah. I'd I say that sarcastically. Um, 
I remember the chamomile lotion and the oatmeal infused baths and everything else. Yep. And my uh, my son, on the other hand, he's lucky enough that he got vaccinated against it. So when he gets older, assuming nothing else increases his risk for shingles, he has a very low risk for shingles. I, on the other hand, will have to be very careful. When I get older, it'll, you know, if I get around somebody who has shingles, I have a high risk of catching it. If I remember correctly, it's contagious. I don't. Uh, I'm gonna have to look that one up again. I may be confusing it with something else. I have been wrong before, folks, but I do know that my risk of getting it is very high because I've had chickenpox. Now that mentality has stayed with a lot of people. Rather than listening to the science, going, "Hey, look, we have this new knowledge now." We have to self-correct based on this new knowledge, and we have to change our attitudes and our mentalities based on these facts. You have a lot of people who don't want to do that. They don't like change. They don't like anything that's going to make their life more difficult than it is. Oh, great. I got to take little Billy or Bobby or Susie or Sally or whoever, whatever you name your kids, to go get another shot now. I I don't need another shot. Somebody, so-and-so got their kid a shot, and they wound up with... Uh, um, Asperger's, you know, or uh, whatever crap thing they pull out of their hat when some of the stuff that's just genetic and it's not, that's not how vaccines work. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a ment- it's a leftover mentality that needs to go because it's harmful now. We recognize it to be harmful. And by we, I mean science and medicine. But for some people, that's not good enough because it doesn't get them in their feelings. It doesn't make them feel good. And they're letting their emotions rule them. Or they're afraid of something. Maybe they've been given misinformation about how vaccines work. Like uh, Joe was saying, you know, you don't get a living copy of the damn virus. No. You might, um, my understanding is that there were two primary, uh, ways to create a vaccine. And that was like Joe was saying, where you have fragments of the protein chain that causes your immune system to develop the proper antibodies that would attack that virus should it infect your system. And then the other way, and I don't know if they use this methodology anymore. This may be a retired method because of any number of reasons would be that they would kill the virus. So it became inert. In other words, it no longer did its job. And Mm -hmm. your body would see it, recognize it as a foreign invader, create antibodies based on its genetic markers, whatever, however the human body does it. And now you would be protected against that virus. But you'd have to have boosters on a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's another thing too about, Weighing the pros and cons against getting, you know, like this new, you know, um, vaccine that, that Moderna and Pfizer and, and places like that are developing versus the one that Oxford has developed. Don't two know at the moment. Yeah, two different approaches. The, <laughs> the you know, mRNA ones that have to be cryofrozen and all that other stuff yep. are targeting the specific spike protein. And, you know, that's, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a different approach. It's a very expensive. It's going to be harder to distribute because of all the criteria, but they have to freeze it because the stuff will degrade once it's thought out. 
And the Oxford vaccine that they're working on has a lower efficacy in trials, but it's made using like the, the typical method that you would make a, you know, a vaccine against that. So, you know, you have to weigh one against the other. And, you know, if you get the, the old method, it might be less efficacy, but it's more easily accessible. It's cheaper. It's more stable. There's also other things to consider is whether or not the person can take it. Um, I have a family member who cannot take penicillin. So anything that uses a similar base for the vaccine as a base of penicillin, they have to avoid because of eggs and a couple other things. Well, this one they're developing is based off of an adenovirus that comes from a cow, which is kind of interesting. But... Okay. I meant the culture, uh, the culture that they grow it in is what I meant. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I was not using, for those of you who are listening, I wasn't using my, my, my proper words. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, the, the one that the, that they're going to distribute here is not <laughs> cultured or anything. I mean, it's created in a lab and that's why the, I mean, it's, but you know, the RNA pieces will break down if they're exposed to room temperature for you know, any length of time. That's why they have to use it within six hours of thawing or, you know, um, trying to remember what the other one was. The other one, I think, can be refrigerated up to 30 days. Was that? But well, you know, one? here's the beautiful thing. Even though, like, uh, for example, Pfizer is the only one that I'm aware of that's actually making a vaccine targeted for uh, the the young teens to the older teens group, whereas the the other ones are targeting uh, more for uh, older age groups. Um, but here's the beautiful thing about all these uh, companies uh, trying to make vaccines, as well as uh, people like, uh, for example, Bill Gates, who some people are speaking very negatively of him, which... When this whole thing started, he started dumping millions and millions of dollars into creating facilities with different requirements based on the possible predicted uh, needs of the various companies and and the way that they would be making their vaccines if they came across the potential vaccine. So he threw money that could potentially be going out the window in complete waste on the hope that one of these groups could use his extra resources to mass produce a functional uh, vaccine. While we're waiting on all this, we only have to do two things, people. Avoid contact with other people. Wear your mask. Wow, that's hard. No, 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 it's not. I don't care who you are. Wearing a mask is not hard. I have a, a person right here, not not in my house, but person in neighboring house who has um, emphysema. That person goes out when they have to go out and only when they have to go out and they wear a mask at all times. Do they like it? No, but they do it because they know they could die without it. Um, in local news, a guy went for his birthday and got a beer with his buddy. They got their beers. They sat down, they drank their beers, and they departed. Total time spent, they estimated around eight minutes. They both got COVID. They don't know if it came on the bottle. They don't know if they got it from the atmosphere of the bar. They don't know if they got it just, you know, touching a door handle. Um, They don't know how they got it, but they know they got it 
while they were that day. And it traced back to that was the only time in several weeks that they had gone outside their bubble, their house. And now they all have to shelter. They go back to their family that could potentially give it to them. Eight minutes. It only took eight minutes for them to get COVID. So, yeah, you know, you just avoid people and put on a mask. Use this as an excuse to play a new video game or use this as an excuse to invest in that wonderful carving kit that you were looking at so that you could start doing the woodworking on the side that you always thought about doing. Or maybe you thought about blacksmithing. Well, get a hammer and an anvil. Get a little one, you know, get a couple nails and beat on the nails, you know, get that aggression out. Um, oh, you wanted to take up volleyball. Well, learn how to, you know, get a volleyball and, you know, learn how to, uh, do the, the proper, uh, uh, hand placement so that you can get it up in the air and practice getting it straight up and getting it forward and backwards and things like that. Sure. You may not have somebody to practice with, but practice recovery and such, you know, at least that way you can nail that down. Yeah. Get a bicycle. Go for a bike ride. You know. So there's there a, piece, a lot of things. Yeah, there's a. I warned. Uh, I warned uh, uh, the guys before we got started that um, with the way that things are for me, uh, we're. I don't know how long we're going to end up lasting, and um, there's one last thing that I, I want to make sure that I cover, and uh, I just put it into the group chat for us. Uh, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Somebody had done a, uh, oh, yes, Beth also mentioned masks do not restrict O2. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, you go ahead, you talk to doctors who do 12-hour surgeries in a surgical room. Yeah, of course they're going to tell you that. That's what they wanted. Oh, right, yeah. Um, Somebody had taken a rant uh, as done by uh, Kenneth Copeland. You remember Kenneth Copeland? They said, they said, they said, Biden is next president. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that, that douche. Y'all get away with saying it this time. Yeah, the one who said that uh, he, he's, he's going to blow away COVID back in April. You, you remember that one? Yeah, the one who, if you contradict him, especially if you're a woman contradicting him, he gets this manic look in his eyes like he is going to destroy you, your entire family, and everybody that's ever known you. Yeah, He is insane, to put it nicely. Yeah, well, somebody had uh, somebody had taken his most recent rant and uh, and said a a heavy metal. I'm not quite sure what what type metal it quite qualifies as, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Go go go! It's but great. um, he did power chords under everything that was being said. It's edited. It's it's really cool. Like I said, I'll have it in the show notes. But there was a piece about it that, as I was listening to it, caught me, and I don't remember what the exact phrasing was, but it was that God was going to go ahead and and help us out and, and help protect us all while we wait for a vaccine. I am going to go ahead and loop back around to a piece that Joey was talking about earlier, where it's, you know, you believe in magician that nobody can see, 
and you want to go ahead and call me unfit for duty based on psychological profile. Why should we trust this guy who's got, who only knows how much money invested in suits? Who's going ahead and saying that the great sky wizard is going to protect everybody. But we're waiting for a vaccine. I'm not the only one who sees the big disparity in reality versus wishful thinking here, right? I simply don't understand how anybody can listen to this and not realize what's being what's being counted by I'm this just, charlatan. If 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 he was gonna help out if he was gonna step in and intervene what need would there be for a vaccine he, Some, he it, yeah somebody else put it you know if if your god was so powerful to protect you why do you need to take guns into uh church services for protection i mean i i love these guys um not in a in a good way either like there was um uh, i think he was in a mom who said that uh, COVID was uh, punishment for homosexuality. And like two, three weeks after airing that proclamation, died of COVID. And then like over in Ukraine, there's another one who did that uh, just a couple months ago. And that sucker tested positive for COVID. And it was like, well, y'all must be gay. Ooh, they don't like hearing that. Yep. Yep. I hit on that one. Yeah, I mean that's actually kind of insulting uh, the gay community. Sorry about that, but um, yeah, I mean they they make these claims that they're divine inspiration and uh, a leader and all that other crap are doing these horrible things to humanity because we deserve it, and that uh, oh, but if you believe in my faith, you'll be spared. Well. What do you mean somebody under my faith just died of it? Oh, they must have not been a true believer. No true Scotsman. That that one over there, no true Scotsman. You know? It's just like, can can we start calling people on their bullshit and just, like, move forward without them? Oh, 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 you're a believer that God will protect you. Okay, you go sit in that corner with the other ones over there. If you get sick, I'm sorry, but you can't come to the hospital. The hospital's only for the heathens. Yes, because they need the extra help. They don't have your God protecting them. So, so you just go sit in the corner and play with the Legos. Yeah, go lick the other guy's lollipop. Have a nice day. Yeah, hold hold that thought one second. Um, Bridget, from your vast store of, of medical knowledge as compared to us, uh, how many times has uh, divine intervention helped with a burst appendix? Well, what, what, it what depends. It, it depends. Did, did, um, did I did I say something funny? Am I here to amuse you? Is that what's going on here? God. It depends on which one of these people you would ask. Um, like if you happen to have a burst of appendix and you know they happen to get to you in time and can save your ass, then yeah, you know, oh, it was divine intervention because you know God was guiding the hands of the surgeon and blah blah blah. Um. <laughs> If you happen to die because they were too slow getting to you or you waited too long, then, oh, well, 
you know, it's up to God who lives and dies. And if you're going to die, you're going to die. And there's nothing you can do about it. Or and my personal both favorite. of these ideas at the same time. My, my personal favorite is uh, if, if you survive, it was God guiding the surgeon. If you mm-hmm. failed, either the surgeon wasn't a proper God-fearing person or the devil intervened. You know, it was mm-hmm. or or God. I love how just... the devil suddenly more powerful than God on that one. I always well, thought that was amusing. Well, whether you follow the the, the uh, prosperity gospel or not, because prosperity gospel will say that if you're a good person, then you'll be rewarded, and if you're really shitty, then you know that's why you're being punished. So <laughs> I I don't know. And it's the... like, did God save you through the surgeon, or you know, or was it divine intervention, or how how does that work? And of course, the uh, uh, God needed another angel. Oh God! Oh, I, I hate, hate that, that shit. I hate that shit. Yeah. No. If if I ever have another child and that child passes, and somebody says that to me, I'm going to jail. Yep. And that person may or may not survive the trip to the hospital. Well, if God needs another angel, then they won't survive. Yeah, have two angels instead of one. It's a two for one. Oh God, I'm I'm a, I'm not. I have issues. What really got me a few days ago is there was this pastor I was arguing with on Facebook, and not that I, yeah, I'm I'm not like heretic woman. I don't go looking for fights on Facebook. Some people do. That's just I have better use of my time. But if somebody says something really stupid, then I will go off on them. And he's like, well, I'm a pastor at a big church, and we haven't had any positive COVID cases and blah, blah, blah. And you can't get it that way. And I know what I'm talking about because I work with a, a, one of my parishioners was a neurobiologist. And I'm like, well, good for you. Neurobiologist has nothing to do with virology. Exactly. And it's like, so good for you. So you're taking medical advice from this guy that has no experience in this field. And <laughs> why? One- it, because it worked for Trump. I mean, look, he, yeah. he ended up firing a bunch of people and then replaced them with an x-ray technician. But then he came back with, well, I probably have more education than you do. And this was on one of my friend's Facebook posts. And she happens to be a doctor that works in the ER. <laughs> and we bitch slapped him. Kind of like when I see uh, the history of a word and somebody says something nasty and then the person clarifies it. Because they're, they study well, I, words in history. I'm like, you're anti-mask, and you're a pastor at a church, and you're still, you know, having services, even though you're not supposed to be because of the restrictions. And you know better than this doctor does that you're calling out. Really? Um. And she's treating COVID patients, and she's like, "Well, I'm a fucking doctor." You know, don't talk to me about education level. You don't have more than I do. Beth put uh, put a thing over. Dr. Taylor Nichols has faced hate in the emergency room before. He's treated racist patients, and each time the Jewish physician has dipped into his well of compassion to do his job until a possible COVID-19 patient challenged the way he does his job. Patient skin was covered in Nazi tattoos, including a large swastika on his chest. Critically ill by the time he arrived by ambulance, the patient asked Nichols not to let him die. Nichols and his team, which included a black nurse and an Asian respiratory therapist, geared up to intubate him, which is high risk during COVID-19 pandemic, 
because it may expel, expose healthcare workers to infectious droplets. And when he wondered if a man with tat, Nazi tattoos would have cared about his life if the roles were reversed, he hesitated. Quote, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Quote, the pandemic has worn on me, and my mantra isn't having the same impact in the moment. Nichols tweeted earlier this week, again, quote, All this time soldiering on against the headwinds, gladiators in the pit. And I realize that maybe I'm not okay. Unquote. When this blows over, and there, there will reach a point at some point, whether it's through uh, a whole bunch of people dying, and only those surviving being the ones who are immune to it or tolerant of the virus, or that we have vaccines and things like that. And so we're talking potentially another couple of years from now to a decade from now, uh, maybe longer. All depends. I mean, if it picks up its mutation rate um, as it passes, maybe from a different to, from our species to another species. But the point is, is that our medical workers are in danger, and not just from COVID. They're psychologically being destroyed. The yeah. same way somebody who is in a trench taking fire, bombs going off, flame, you know, let's go back a ways, watching their buddy get covered in flames from a flamethrower. I mean, th this is the same thing. It's just yeah. a different war, but yeah. it's still a war. Yeah, we and covered when we go out without a mask on, when we go get that beer with our buddy because it's our birthday and we earned eight minutes. We have just fired another shot at a at a rescue worker, EMT, a doctor, a nurse, a counselor, any of them. We have just loaded a chamber in, or around into the chamber and pulled the bloody fucking trigger. Yeah. Yeah, we 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 hit on that one too. And yeah. yeah. I it. mean, we're just the I mean, we're going to have to learn to live with it. We might be able to manage it, but it's not going away. It is endemic here. No, but and what we could. can do is we we could social distance. We could wear the masks. We can do the things to mitigate as much of the harm as possible. Let science and medicine do their thing. Get the vaccines. Test them. Get ones with good efficacy. Wait patiently. Stay indoors. Do all the thing the necessary stuff. And then when we have lots of people who have had their vaccines and their boosters, when we see the efficacy is where it needs to be to be a good vaccine and effective in humans, all age groups or as many age groups as humanly possible, then we can try getting back to some semblance of normal. But pre-COVID no longer exists. It can never exist ever again. And that is something. That 70 million people in my country refuse to accept. Yeah. Well, and then you've got the anti-vaxxers out there, too, that are not going to get the vaccine ever. But those people are just fucking nutjobs. I know. But they, they have already started in on this. And I think the latest polls that I saw, um, and I'll have to go Google to find them again because it's been a couple of days I've been asleep. But, you know, there's something like 40 to 50 percent of you know, this country that are still reluctant to get the vaccine. And they were anti-vaxxers even before COVID. And so we're fighting against those people as well. 
the only reasonable excuse I could ever imagine accepting uh, in terms of coming out of somebody else's mouth and go, well, I understand where you're coming from and I respect what you just had to say. And that is one thing and one thing only. I'm afraid of the potential long-term side effects of this particular vaccine because they have not been tested long-term yet. Other than that, I can't think of any reason not to get those vaccines. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. The fact that this has gone as quickly as it has concerns me for the long term. And one of the things that they've done to try to counter that is they've opened up the restrictions to allow people who are willing to volunteer basically early human testing, uh, which normally would there'd be other phases in between. They're allowing those to be skipped to go to the human testing in the human trials to see the results and the people who are, who will ultimately volunteer know the risks that they're taking and have volunteered even despite that the same way a person knows that in the middle of a war, if they volunteer to go to the front lines, there's a good chance they're not coming home, but they volunteered anyway, whatever their reasoning behind it, that's their reasoning, but it does happen in humanity. We have, we have people who have done it for whatever reasons. There are plenty of people who do it because they hope that when they do it, it will help the rest of us. Well, I do have a caveat to throw out there, though, mm. um, is people are touting the quote-unquote miracle cures and stuff like oh, that. God, that crap. Um, you know, time has has shown with more you know, research and things like that. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff we don't know, but throwing the things like the hydroxychloroquine at it ended up not doing shit. It killed and, a couple of people. Yeah, it killed a couple of people, but I mean, it was not helpful, even though that was, you know, heralded as you know, a big breakthrough early on. No, it didn't work. And the human testing that's going on now um, for the monoclonal antibody ther- um, therapies and things, those are still under testing, you know, by the way. But the people that are in the testing are having to go and get several injections once a month. And they're finding that the more that they're given this, the shorter the duration of the antibodies. And so that's not going to be a long-term fix either. Even if people kept getting that, they would have to end up getting it every couple of weeks. And if it was going to be that kind of situation, I can only tell. (laughs) Yeah. I can only see that working as a long-term for healthcare workers. And it's a, you know, the, the antibodies wane over time. And apparently from the, the studies now, the more you're exposed to those, the shorter it will cover you. And so that's not going to be a permanent solution for anybody. No. Um, that's why, I mean, they're emergency use. But in the meantime, while you're taking that, you're not going to gain any immunity of your own ever. And I can, I can see them using the monoclonal antibodies for, say, you know, uh, patients who have had transplants or who have cancer, things like that. But as far as like being a, a general fix for the public, no, it's just not feasible and it's not going to help. Yeah. And I mean, if you want examples of how bad these uh, miracle cures are, there's a uh, YouTuber that I like to watch. Uh, his channel name is called Chubby Emu. 
um, he does heme reviews of things like um, a actual medical case of a husband and wife who took hydroxychloroquine in the the pond fish pond version of it and what it did to the two of them. He also did a review of the man who drank. <laughs> I think we all know where this one came from. A bottle of rubbing alcohol. Thanks on that one, Trump. And what happened to his brain because of it. Um, so, you know. It, yeah. When you take medicine into your own hands and you're not the person who develops medicine. It's the same as loading a gun and looking at it going, hey, one of these bolts is a blank. The other, however many you have in front of you, are real. I have no idea how to tell the two apart. I'm just going to randomly put some in the chamber, spin it, put it to my head, and pull the trigger and see what happens. And I know everything's going to be fine. That's a fairly bad analogy, I'm just going to say right now, because... uh... Blanks can kill you too. Yeah. Now that I think about it, you're absolutely right. Um, but I, I was using it as an example. Uh, no, I, I got, we got, got where you were going. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. One's a nerf dart and one's a bullet. And you have no idea how to tell the two apart. <laughs> I can see the cogs and <laughs> head turning. Well, the first thing that was coming to my head was, well, you, you can, after you pull the trigger, whether or not you're still alive. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and that's the thing. If, I got you. My, my point was, is that you could have something that's relatively speaking harmless and something that could be deadly. It's like the difference. It's like when kids go into medicine cabinets and they see these pills and they can't read yet. They say, ooh, that's a blue thing that looks like it might be candy. That's a white thing that might look like candy. And one of them might just be, you know, a Tylenol. And the other one might be an adult strength, extra strength, muscle relaxant that could kill a kid. Yeah. It's all about uh, it's all about the dosage, isn't it? And even with some things, it doesn't matter the dosage. They're lethal no matter what. That's not well. All right, because they're not intended for human consumption. No, like it's the, like the pond pill, which is designed for fish to be dissolved in a, in a huge body of water. Well, yes. Again, it's it's all about the dosage. You can I could drink an entire, let's say it's a liter of orange juice, over time. It's fine. You give it to me through a fire hose. We're gonna have issues. Drinking through a fire hose is not always fun. No, it, it usually doesn't go over well. Yeah. Although you usually go over ass over tea kettle. It could be. You know, if that was a real show, and I'm referencing uh, Weird Al Yankovic uh, UHF. Funny movie. If you haven't watched it, folks. Well, guess what? You got a lot of time on your hands. Go watch it. Um if somebody made a game show where winning meant you got to sit on a saddle and drink from a fire hose at full blast, there are people who would go on that game show. Even if there was no money involved, just drinking from a fire hose at full blast, which probably rip your head off. Uh, yeah, there are people dumb enough to do that. The last thing that I want to hit 
before we get out of here. We've we've touched on the topic of, you know, who to who to blame for getting people together. And you know, sometimes it's individuals, sometimes it's organizations, sometimes it's tradition, social pressure. But there's still the small problem of who has been enabling it and claiming it's all fine. And in this case, it's simply the top of this goddamn country's elected system. The president of the country should have been the one to say, we need to be safer. Should not have been doing all of the wrong that has happened the whole way down. And this is only a two-hour show. We don't have nearly enough time to cover all of the bad that happened with it. The fact that this moron is effectively culpable for over 200,000 human lives. I simply cannot, I simply cannot fathom how anybody could look at this and not be positively horrified at this concept. I mean, my, my whole opening and other stuff that I talked about after the fact. Yeah, people have made mistakes and we can, we can get on their cases for it and with luck, we can actually teach the ones that survive. Don't do that, because this is what happens. But when the head of everything is saying, don't trust your eyes, I'm sorry. I just simply don't understand. I really just don't understand. It kills me. It kills me because I know full well that, you know, the things that I've been harping on of, of people need to have better education to start off with could have helped and prevented some of this. Yeah. And yet here we are. And to make it worse, he had all these enablers and people who <laughs> weren't willing to go along with his, everything's fine, everything's okay. Um, he just replaced him with other people who went along with him. He's doing it now again. Yeah, he's he's still doing it. And the damage is still ongoing because he's still got all these people that are, you know, Sick in offense. time ask and, and all that. He, he's getting rid of them, too. Not for uh, what they had to say about the pandemic. It's for what they had to say about the voting. He's getting rid of them because they wouldn't back him in saying that our voting was rigged. He thinks the election was rigged because who else would vote for sleepy Joe Biden? Uh, people who are tired of getting lied to. Well, he never lied. Well, yeah, sure he did. He made claims that the virus was going to be negatively affected by the warm weather way back at the beginning of the year, back uh, February 
March, I think February. And he was saying how the, the warm weather is going to basically have a negative effect on the virus. We didn't know if it would or would not back then. Oh, and oh, we, obviously, hold on. We, we knew we didn't, we, we didn't have hard data from oh. our own team. Oh yeah, we could have very easily because no, no. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, because wasn't Australia infected as well? And I'm pretty sure they end up being warmer than we would be at that time. Yeah, it was my, summer there when uh, you know back in January it was summer in Australia. But the point is, is that we've already been through spring and summer. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we're approaching 300,000 deaths. So obviously that was a lie. And he made the claim when we didn't have the hard data for our country, regardless of what was going on across the world, he still told a lie. And then he said, it's going to disappear like a miracle. And guess what? A week went by. It didn't disappear. It got worse. Another week went by. It got worse. And he kept saying, it's going to go away. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. The only way it's going to go away at that rate is if everybody dies. Um, and he said that, you know, uh, he made claims about suicide, that if we had to shut in and we shut down the country, people were going to suicide and we would have more deaths by suicide than COVID-19. Guess what? Uh, so far, according to the numbers, uh, CDC and the rest of them, uh, no, uh, COVID still leading the charge over suicide. Um, it is. And it's almost gone. It's almost gone. It's never almost gone. We're rounding a corner. The only corner we're rounding is to the mortuary. Well, and now we've got people suing um, against some of the governors <laughs> for, you know, you, you're imposing limits on how many people we can have at our house and stuff like that. So we still have to see how the SCOTUS is going to rule on that because people are still drinking the Trump Kool-Aid. He's still, you know, so he's still killing people. And he's permanently disabling others because in the middle of the year, um, when Fauci and the rest of them were saying, look, if the virus doesn't kill you, it can still potentially have long-term effects. We're seeing people who have already had it, got over it, but they're still suffering from the symptoms of it. And some of those symptoms, as we've talked about before, are recall, whether short-term or long-term, uh, motor function, heart function, uh, lung function, muscle function, motor control, fine motor control. Um, so even if it doesn't kill you, it can cripple you in some way, shape, or form. And Trump is saying that it's false, and he and Fauci started basically going at it. Um, we have the worst mortality rate. That I, as, as I, I've, if I remember correctly, uh, as of this week, we have the highest mortality rate in the world. Um, and we're still going up. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just waiting mm -hmm. to see what SCOTUS is going to do now with these people that have, you know, started suing back against some of the government, you know, governors posting limits on gatherings and things like that. I mean, if I was the parents of that one-year-old kid who just died of COVID-19, I'd sue the shit out of Trump because he said that children are immune to COVID-19. I'd be suing his ass six ways from Sunday. Not until January. Well, suing him wouldn't do any good anyway because he... Nothing but debt. Yeah, I mean... He, well, I mean, he's... 
He's never had to suffer consequences for anything he's ever done. Oh, he he might. I mean, if I doubt it. He's, he's trying to prevent himself from getting charged uh, or prosecuted for any federal crimes. However, if he gets hit with a non-federal crime, a yeah, severe will. crime, I know, I know and, and he's he, found guilty of it, he can't run for president. But he's anymore. already been sued so many times, it's not funny. And nothing ever happens to him. I mean, they might settle out of court and somebody might have to sign an NDA. But, I mean, he's living proof that the wealthiest of the wealthy or the most high-powered people. Yeah, there's no repercussions. No, New York's looking to go after him for stuff that settling out of court won't happen. And if they succeed and he's found guilty, then he won't be able to run for president ever again. And I call that a win. So New York, keep going strong, guys and ladies. Do your best. Dot every I, cross every T. Meticulous compliance. Please, please make sure this Joker never gets in office again uh, and calls a pandemic a democratic hoax. I think right now our current projections are, what, 450,000 people dead by, I don't know, April at least. Something like that. Something like that. And that's, that's about the point where we're, if we're going to see any decrease, you know, due to vaccines and masking and things like that, that's about when we should start seeing improvement. Uh, latest projections that I saw was February is going to be hell. And I pulled up the, uh, I pulled up the numbers for World War II. According to Wikipedia, 3 million people. 73 million people dead in a declared war. Which, admittedly, Joe will go ahead and say, well, you know, it was actually 1.5. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Mm, no. Yeah. No. Uh, East, Eastern Front alone not even close. In any case, according to Worldometer, current number of cases approaching 67 million. Sixty-seven million. Cases, yes, admittedly not all of them are going to die. But we have no idea what is going to be happening to them over the successive 5, 10, 20 years. I just don't know. 
I've just got I just got too much on me. Um There's one thing that I want to uh, uh I, I want to very quickly uh, put out there for everybody uh, before I let everybody else kind of close off with everything. Uh, I talked to the I talked to uh Joey and uh, Bridget before we went on the air about the statistics as far as to who's doing uh who's doing the best as far as to running tests. Meaning there is a measure that says for every million population, how many COVID tests are being run. And if it's a one-to-one basis that, you know, your population has theoretically all been tested at least once, it would be one million. Nice and simple ratio that way. Close to that currently, as of two days ago, just short of that is Malta. The Channel Islands are 1.1. Iceland is 1.15. Bahrain, 1.2. The Falkland Islands, 1.2. Monaco, 1.3. Denmark, also 1.3. The United Arab Emirates is at 1.7. Reminding you that the UAE has a population of almost 10 million. And they've got more than one test per person. Bermuda, 1.78. Andorra, 2.1. Luxembourg, 2.25. Gibraltar, admittedly is kind of small, but 2.8. And the Faroe Islands, 3.47. Their entire population, admittedly less than 50,000, but their entire population has been tested over three times per person so far. It's not a matter of whether or not it can be done. Shit, the UAE proves that. New York City, admittedly, is millions upon millions of people, but could they all be tested? I'm pretty sure if the UAE can do it, I'm pretty sure New York could do it. But that's just me. Bleeding heart liberal who doesn't want people to die unnecessarily. Um, for comparison, the UK with 68 million population is at 0.66, the US 0.614. 
Just a little over half the people have been tested at least once. Now, I will admit, the United States at over 330 million people is a very large area and a lot of people. But come on, man. Guys, um, I'm going to leave it off uh, for, for you guys to whatever it is that uh, you, you think is uh, worth finishing with. You know, on, on what you said about testing, one of the things that Trump tried to say was that uh, testing doesn't show anything and that the numbers are only up because testing is going up. And that, and then later on that, oh, uh, anybody who wants a test can have a test because the tests are there and we can all get them and you know, just go get it and you, you know, you can have it all lies. See, the thing is, is that he tried to blame in the beginning, uh, a lack of testing on an outside, uh, source, Obama and his, uh, uh, group. And here's the thing. When you have a brand new virus come in, you don't have a test ready to go for it. You have to figure out how to test for it. So it wasn't that Obama never and, and Biden never left him the test for this thing. This thing didn't exist. It wasn't known by it, it might have existed. It wasn't yet known by humankind to exist. Therefore, we had no way to actually create a test for it. Rather than bitching and moaning about that, he could have mobilized his people to create a test. He could have used the government's a uh, system that allows him to direct companies and orders them what to make, uh, make sure th uh, that they uh, get it out, disperse it where it's got to go. Um, it's used a lot during wartime, but it, it can be used during times of pandemic. Just about any emergency has to do with uh, manufacturing. I forget the name of it, but it uh, it is a policy that the presidency can enact. And when they do, the companies go, okay, government's paying for it, but we have to deliver. If we don't deliver, we don't get reimbursed, but we have to do it because it's needed. And they're going to tell us where to where to send the stuff, what the specifications are, and we have to get it done. And it allows them to put all their other stuff that they're doing on hold without penalty of those contracts uh, kicking it. And when he didn't do that, other companies trying to prioritize to help out the requests of the hospitals for respirators and masks and things like that, they had to balance uh, killing their contracts and going completely under in some cases, depending on the clauses built into their contracts, as well as well, how are they going to get paid when they make the stuff? Because we live in a capitalistic society. Things have to get paid for. So rather than solving that, he sat there on his ass and blamed Obama, who wasn't even in the picture anymore. And it's like rather than p getting pissed off that a water pipe has broken while it's flooding your basement, you call the plumber and have them fix the damn pipe. Then you bitch about it later. That never happened. The basement continued to flood. It's still flooding. 
that pipe is still broken. It's still flooding. Then he blamed the hospital, saying they were inflating the, the, the request rate. They weren't inflating it. They had more patients coming in. That means the rate of requests for material goes up because they need it. And as for a deficit of uh, things like masks and such, sure, with H1N1 and everything else, there was a deficit of, of ready production masks, but there wasn't a deficit of materials. There was the ability to uh, tell the companies, hey, here's the material. Make these things. You guys who normally provide our stuff, we want an order of this. Send it here. Do this. These are the things that your taxes pay for. This is what your taxes really pay for. Your taxes pay for people to do the things that you can't do, and that is manage a pandemic. Not just your streets and roads and your power lines and grid, but manage a pandemic. And guess what? He sat there and took our money and laughed his ass off. Yeah, I didn't vote for Trump. Who'd have thunk it? Next. Joe? I think I'm not going to get too political on this. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse. We all know the facts have been put out by professionals, not the hearsay and conspiracy theories have been put out by non-professionals. Okay, okay. It's not that they're not professionals. It's just their profession is bullshit. <laughs> What are you? Ah, oh, a bullshit artist. Did you bullshit today? No. Did you try to bullshit today? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, point being, I think about the safest thing I can say right now is the fact that it's been one hell of a year, and I think we're all fucking tired. We're all fucking wore thin. We're all... We're, we're, we're run ragged. So there better be a comet that hits on July 1st that just coats the entire surface of the world with rainbows and kittens and puppies and fucking unicorns and something because, God damn it, I need a break. <laughs> I'm not used to being this damn depressed. Defense production. Say about that. Bridget. Um, just a, a couple of things. As far as the whole herd immunity experiment, it's not working. And I shared a link in the in the show notes. It's from the Institute for Health health metrics and valuation and as of December 4th they're estimating that only 15% of the people in the United States have been exposed to or infected with COVID and 15% is not a lot not in a nation of 330 million people so that's obviously not going to work 
And then you've got these assholes that are showing up at hospitals trying to bust them for being empty and not having patients or whatever. Those people just need to fucking die. They're not helping. And I know we all have COVID fatigue. I know that we're ready to move on with our lives and stuff. But we have got to hang in there for a few more months and keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. So, I guess that's all I've got to say in these, you know, COVID uh, conspiracy theorists and stuff. Just fuck them. And I blame Trump for that. Fair. I I don't want to fuck them. Okay, they can go die in a fire or something. I don't know. But just, they're not helping. He's not helping. None of these people are helping. And fuck pants. I'm sure we could find a. I'll get a pineapple. And any of you who don't get that reference, Adam Sandler, Little Nicky. It's hilarious. I mean, these people that are still enabling this kind of bullshit, just fuck them. We have to get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. I know this has not exactly been as vitriolic as past Power of Tens. Is what it is. I'm. If Dallin had been with us this week, I might have actually asked him to cover the show this week. That's that's how bad it's been for me the last couple of days. So, thank you for being with us. We, as always, hope that you found something worthwhile of all of our perspectives and got something to think about for uh, for the following week. And thank you for understanding. Tech, thank you. You take care of yourself, and uh, I, I hope that uh, I hope that the game was fun for you. Yeah, uh, got some game time in with them. Um, it, it was important to me. Uh, it was important to him, you know, in, in a period of time where it's safer to distance, you got to find your moments. We are all tired. We all have fatigue. So, you know, if you really feel like, you know, I'm going to go watch that comedy today. I haven't, I've been telling myself I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched it. I'm going to go sit on that couch kick back in with a can of soda or whatever cup of coffee, whatever beverages and watch that comedy. Even though I know I should go do the laundry now instead of later, go watch the comedy. Treat yourself a little bit. The little bit of self care goes a long way. And we want to see you get through it. I want to see you guys get through it. I want to see all of us come out the other end of this thing. I really do. Despite how I feel about the others, the anti-vaxxers, the naysayers, and all that crap, I do want to see us get through this. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, Joe, um, best of luck. I, I hope things work out well for you. 
Well, right now I'm officially in the, uh, I'm on the waiting list to get on the waiting list, as it was explained to me. So, yay. Yeah. But hey, if I wasn't in constant pain, it wouldn't be me. Well, remember, Klingons have said pain is good. It reminds us that we're still alive. Indeed. Kapla. Brid- Bridget, thank you. You uh, try to take care of yourself, huh? Yeah, I will. Do you want to plug anything? Or mm. That's fine. Um, don't know where uh, where Joseph was. Chances are he probably just slept off. Can't say as I blame him. And uh, Dallin has said he's going to be gone for a couple of weeks. So on behalf of him, thank you very much for being with us. He'll be working on the audio version of the show, which you'll be able to download from uh, holycraptovlogcast.com in due course. It's a volunteer position, but, you know, he does it because I've got pictures of him with a goat. I think. I don't know. I Might not be him. Whatever. We'll figure it later. Um, for those of you that are, uh, watching live, of course, thank you, Stephanie, Felis, um, Beth was there. Don't know if you still are at this point. Even so, thank you. All our contact information is over at holycraptovlogcast.com. Uh, phone number, if you want to leave a voicemail message is 859-HCTV-554, 859-428-8554. We will hopefully be back again next week and with any luck, I will be dealing with stuff a little bit better by that point. Please be safe out there. Just, if you got to go out, just please be safe out there. And we'll talk to you sometime soon. As always, I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. Well, take good care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.